This is a mess. Show's a mess right away. I apologize. We're dealing with a serious man here. We can't even get our shit together. Bruce Lipton, the author of The Biology of Belief. And uh, we're going to learn some shit today, freaks, because I talked to Bruce Lipton for about 30 seconds before this podcast started, and I already was, like, too anxious to get the commercials out of the way, because uh, this is a, a fascinating, fascinating subject to me, and you are a guy who actually has, like, letters next to your name. So, like, people are going to listen to you. It says PhD. This guy knows the fuck he's talking about, right? It's not like when I, if I write a book, The Biology of Belief, Joe, Joe Rogan, um, comedian, Fear Factor host. Nobody's going to give a fuck, all right? But you, you, sir, you command respect with your ideas. I, I tell you, I am the, the happiest guy ever because all of this stuff was new to me. I never believed in it when I was doing my research. So to find out things like, like the concept of a spirit and an energy and, a, and how the mind controls life, uh, when I was teaching genes control life, and it was like, boy, is that an error? Boy, is that wrong? Out. So consciousness, you believe, controls life? No, I believe consciousness actually does control life, and it's very simple to understand it. And what you really start to find out is that our consciousness either enhances us, like a placebo effect, or the same consciousness can take away your strength and kill you, which is called a nocebo effect. There's actually a name for that. So it's the power of your thinking, and the thinking is, who are we? And, and we've been programmed to believe that we're frail and vulnerable, you know, like all kinds of things are out there to get us and, and we have to protect ourselves and all that. And it's like, this is a totally insane because we're so powerful that we even don't believe it. It's just, uh, it's just amazing things like, okay, you can say something simple like walking across hot coals. Okay, it's like you can walk across hot coals if you believe you can do it, but you can't do it if you don't believe you can't walk across the coals. And so belief comes into it. Or, Joe, you, I mean, you're a big health guy and all this stuff, so I asked you, can you if, if we go out here in the parking lot, can you lift up a car? I mean, you got a lot of training and stuff like that, but do you think you could lift up a car? No. Well, interesting, I got so many articles from around the world about women lifting up cars when a, when a baby or their child is trapped under the car. And this is all true, because I've heard absolutely these stories true. too, but I never really Googled them. No, no, they're, they're absolutely true, and there's large numbers of them. And wh what does that mean? It, it means like this untrained, unathletic woman could go out there and lift up the car. Uh, okay, and so that's, like, that's pretty neat, but here's one I really think is cool. Um, down south, there are these Baptist fundamentalist kind of people that get into in a religious ecstasy state, and they do what they call testify, that God protects them. So they believe that God protects them. And so what do they do? They do strange crap like uh, they, they handle snakes, like rattlesnakes and copperhead snakes. They're snake handlers. So they, they get bitten by the snakes. Nothing happens when they're in this, in this state of uh, belief. But that's, those are the lightweights. The, the serious ones are the ones, they drink strychnine in toxic doses to demonstrate, to show the proof that God protects them. They drink this absolute poison no harmful effects. Wow. No harmful effects. Brian, it's, it's the most, uh, I mean, they're, they're insane looking people when they do it, but the fact is they drink poison, but it's in the belief system. Uh, and why? So this is all stuff that's been documented, right? Oh, yeah. What's yeah. your, your initial background as a scientist? What did you... Uh... I, I trained as a cell biologist, and um, um, I, I started doing cell cultures back uh, on stem cells in 1967. And it's like, that's so long ago. I, that's 40, that's some years ago, right? right. And, and the thing was, uh, there was just a handful of us in the entire world working on stem cells at that time. And the results from those studies were so completely different than what I was teaching medical students. 
about how life worked, about how genes control life, because it showed that genes did not control the biology. Genes do not control it. The control is how a cell or an organism responds to the environment. So it's a, the, an organism becomes a complement to their environment. And, and you say, well, why is that important? I say, well, if you live in a crappy environment, then your biology becomes crap. And, and, and the issue is, is it the real environment? It's actually the mental environment. So that's why it's so important, and everyone sort of knows this, but it's so important to surround yourself with positive people and not be around a bunch of energy vampires. Because there's people that are caught in a downward spiral, and if you are with them, their gravity can bring you into a shitty place. That's an absolute truth. That's a quantum, quantum physics aspect to who we are. There's more than this physical reality, and, 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 and energy is actually who we are. So the flow of energy determines how we are. Isn't it funny, though, that that idea is so easily dismissed? It's, it seems like such a woo-woo idea. Yes. That you, you know, you know, oh, I can tell you why. Uh, it's money. We're scared of it. It's money. Well, it's also fear. Now, I, well, it might be fear, but I'll tell you more so is very simply the science that we have in, in the textbooks today is more or less uh, a product of uh, paid advertising mm -hmm. from the pharmaceutical company. Wow. And, and the significance, why I mean that is, the, let me ask you a question, Joe. I mean, obviously, are you aware there's much more effective ways to create energy besides burning fossil fuel? I mean, you know, I'm not really aware of all the options. But there are, aren't there? I mean, I, I mean, solar and all this other kind I've of stuff. Heard, like I mean, I know about solar, but I don't know if solar necessarily generates enough energy to replace it right now. Well, that, well, that's our technology. But the right. question is, we have all this new technology, and the question is, why are we still so preoccupied with burning fossil fuel? Because it's not in the interest of the petroleum company to support anything that would take away the sale of their product. They sell oil. What good right. is it? And then I say, now here's the exact parallel. It's like you can heal yourself with energy. You can heal yourself with thoughts. You can heal yourself with, with the right vibrational food and everything else around it by dealing with the vibration part. So you say, well, we know this for a thousand years. Why, why isn't it recognized by the world? And the answer is, it's not in the in interest of an industry that sells drugs. Because if I can heal you for free, then what are you going to do with the drug market? Do you think that's, I mean, do you think they're suppressing it? Or do you think there's just never been any evidence demonstrated that oh my it works goodness. on any sort of a large measurable level? Where there, there's, there's quite a bit of evidence, but it's really evidence that's not uh, talked about in the public. And it's very difficult well, to get published. I, I'm sure there is. But what I mean is it's not like it's in their face and they're trying to suppress it. You know what I mean? I think it's just, I think a lot of people are just ignorant to the idea. I don't know if it's being suppressed as much as just a lot of people really don't know how things work absolutely uh, absolutely but then the limitation of what are we being programmed with you know what are the beliefs that you what beliefs did you get programmed with about your life for a very simple reason if you get down to the simple understanding how your mind controls your genetics and your biological behavior mm -hmm. then you have to recognize then the question is what programs have you been programmed with because those are the programs that are going to shape your life and the belief system is can can you drink strychnine joe <laughs> yes or no and the answer is well, if you don't believe you can, then don't, don't <laughs> go there, you know. Or if you have any doubts at all. Yeah, a belief like that is like pregnancy. You either believe it or you don't believe it, but there's no like, geez, I'm, I almost really believe this. Uh, it's not going to work. Do you think it's fascinating that a lot of the people that are pushing that belief are actually, they, they actually are caught up in it themselves? You know, the people that are suppressing information, yes. the people that are, you know, they, they even, if they're aware of it. Yes, 
You know, they're, they're actually they're doing it to themselves as well. Uh, it, that, that's the that's why you can't say there's a conspiracy at right. some level. No, it's not a conspiracy. It's, it's, like it's self interest. Yeah, it's self interest. This is my interest. This is my belief. Look, there are a lot of religious people out there trying to shape my behavior today. Right. Right. It's like that's their behavior. You know, they're trying to shape my behavior with it. It's sort of like the science people that tell their science are almost like religious people that say this is our story. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, yeah, but there's a bigger story than what you saw in the book. Uh, so is it just that it's not measurable? I mean, no, it's measurable. I can show you hundreds of papers on all kinds of things about electromagnetic fields. That vibrational fields can do control every function of the cell. They can control the synthesis of DNA. It can control the cell division. It can control what we call differentiation, where uh, uh, um, uh, like an embryonic cell becomes a muscle cell or a bone cell. It controls the organization of cells. We there are demonstrations of this all the time. Vibrational frequencies with exact frequencies cause cells to have very specific biological responses. So if it was up to you, would this be something that they would be teaching kids in school like on, on a regular basis to try to explain Absolutely. at a very early age how important it is to think in a positive way and Absolutely. act in a positive way and surround yourself with positive people. That it's not just a luxury that you're looking, oh, I just want to settle down and be around you know, where it's quiet. It's not that, but it yeah. actually is like you can establish your environment you you it comes down to a simple point we are creating this life that's in front of us at this moment wow. this is a creation and and, and 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 this is the nature of what quantum mechanics look quantum mechanics came up with a very simple problem and said wait is the fundamental particle that makes an atom is it physical or is it vibrational is it a particle like like a piece of something or is it just a vibrational field and the answer came out because it can't be both Right. One's solid and the other one's an energy wave, right? It's like, and yet it comes out when they do the experiment. If you think it's a particle and you design the experiment to see a particle, you see a particle. If you think it's a wave and design an experiment to determine a wave, then you see it as a wave. And the question, well, how can it be a wave and a particle? They, they're, 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 you can't be both at the same time. The conclusion of, of the physicist, and this is fundamental, is that it's the observer that's determining that reality. It's the way you look at it. If you look at it like but a how wave, far does that go? Does it go well, to car accidents and, you know, animal attacks? I mean, uh, how, much, how much does we create it? Well, this is a co-participation. So we're right. really, we're creating, but we're also participating in the creation. So it's not a single event. I mean, if it was a single event, I'd say, okay, hey, let's end all this war and crap and let's clean up this place. Let's have a good time. It, my voice is a single voice. Obviously, it just didn't change anything. Right. But if you get enough voices to say the same thing, then what you're doing is you're amplifying the field. The more people that are in tune with the same voice, it becomes a crowd response. It's like even like in soccer games in, in Europe, when they get crazy, they, they always break out into these big fights and stuff like that. A pacifist sitting in the middle, you know, uh, one of those vegan pacifist guys sitting in the middle. Uh, if there's a fight that breaks out all around, they'll be caught up in the energy of a crowd response. And it won't be their consciousness that's controlling them then. Now they're just caught in the field. And they will pick up a chair and club somebody over the head with it like anybody else in that field. Even though at that moment when they were being conscious, they were a pacifist. But once they got caught in the field, they became part of the field. So the issue is, what field are we living in right now? And the field is it's in a state of flux. <laughs> and, and, and this is really critical uh, because your audience is so involved 
with this upheaval that's happening right now, changing the fields, that uh, there's an evolution going on. And, and it really is going to be a fine subdivision between like the 40s and unders and the people over 40. I think there's going to be a separation at some point, except there are a lot of wonderful old people like myself, old people. Uh, do you think the internet is, has anything to do with it? Though? The internet about has, the age group that the internet. The internet has everything to do with it. The internet is the nervous system of a new a, a new organism. And what they, what's evolving? Here's what's important. Sometimes we think, oh, when humans evolve, well, they, oh, how are they going to be evolved? They're going to get bigger heads and uh, uh, you know change their bodies. It's like no, no. Look, the human evolved. That's done. Cockroach evolved. The cockroach evolved 600 million years ago. It's still the same cockroach. The human evolved. It's going to stay the same human. The evolution is not of the human. It's of the community of humans. Each human is the equivalent of a cell in the body of a superorganism called humanity. The evolution is the evolution of humanity. That's why the Arab Spring. That's why the breakdown of politics all over the place. That's why the thing is falling apart. People all over the world are recognizing we're all people in the same thing called humanity. And, uh, and so we have to break free of the limitations that, that we've been programmed with. And in that breaking free, which means changing the thoughts, changing the beliefs, getting into a new understanding, we are on the threshold of a, an evolution that's so amazing. And, and what's interesting is that people look around right now, they're scared to death. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, you don't understand. This is the most important stage. The simple reason is this. The institutions that have provided for us up to this point, they helped get us here. They were important for a period of time. Uh, economics, education, health care, politics, religion. All those things were helpful to get to, this, to a certain point. Now they're destructive because their belief systems end up having us destroy the planet. So uh, as a, this is a simple fact. I, this is not, well, I'm just saying it. This is a fact. Science has recognized we are deep into the sixth mass extinction of life on this planet. Five times in the history of this planet, life got essentially wiped out and started all over again. Those are called mass extinctions such as like a comet or asteroid hitting uh, the, the planet, destroying the environment, wiping out life, start all over again. This is the sixth one. This is a fact. We are losing species of organisms faster than recorded history or unrecorded history as we know right now, meaning we're accelerating the loss of the biosphere right now. Why is this important is because we're part of that extinction. And now here's the neat part about it. The source of our extinction is human behavior. Simple as that. We are so undermining the environment. We, are, we were created from the environment. You know, religious people will tell you, oh, oh, they created the environment and they stuck humans on top. Genesis kind of story. Scientists will say, oh, it was just an accident of genetics mutations that were here. And it's like, no. Every organism was an integral part of the evolution of a larger, con the biosphere is the living organism. We're part of it. Well, if we're part of the biosphere, we're derived from the biosphere, then there's a simple logical question. If you destroy the biosphere, what the hell are your chances of surviving? And the answer is no. And that's exactly what science has shown us, that we are now have passed a very critical point in destroying the environment, threatening our own survival. I mean, the uh, simple fact that's scary, if you think about it, within 30 years, there will be no fish in the ocean at no. the rate we're going right <laughs> now. It's like, 
That's almost like science fiction story. It's crazy. Yeah. So why is it important? Because the conclusion is human behavior is causing it. And and Einstein, he he had a great saying. Einstein said, you can't solve the problems with the same thinking that created the problems. Well, the institutions that we are living by today are the cause of the problem. So the crash of the institutions is a necessary step in the evolution because you can't build a sustainable world on those belief systems. They're the, they're the systems that are, are causing the destruction of the environment that we live in now. Do, do you ever consider the possibility that all behavior, all life on this planet is, is natural and that there's a reason why people are so selfish and so destructive and yet so also so ambitious and so prone to technological uh, you know creations and 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 and, and pushing yeah. t- pushing things forward it's almost like it's it's almost like that's what we're supposed to do it's a strange thing it's almost like to to be as ambitious as people are to yeah. create for technological innovation this like the, they're today they're they're announcing that they may have spotted the higgs boson particle yeah. or boson boson particle they may have spotted they don't know they have like evidence they have to go over I mean, this is this is w- right at the at the peak of human innovation. It seems like it, it, it almost seems like we have to be this fucked up to do it this way, you know. And this is what we're driven to do. Do you, is that possible? That I, since I, like every other animal has like a natural pattern of behavior, is it possible that the human animal's natural pattern of behavior is to almost like give birth to some technological creation? Okay, there's two parts to that question. The answer to technological innovation is indeed the evolution process itself. Think about this. Um, we have a tendency when we're humans to look down at everything less than human as not being as intelligent, right? Right. And then I'm going to tell you, you're made out of 50 trillion cells, like amoebas, 50 trillion amoebas living in a community. They created a technology to make a human body. They created technology. We the amoebas are, did. We, the amoebas did. They, they created the structure for us. The body was created by, by these cells, okay? We can't re- even reproduce the technology of the cells because they're far greater efficient than we are. Matter of fact, that would be our direction of evolution is to see what they've done. But w- why is this important? Because the technology is part of the evolution. The idea of technology is simple. Can we live in the so-called, you know, if you want to use the, like a Garden of Eden, that there was a garden here before we destroyed it. And the fact is, uh, you know, uh, if you want to live in the garden without destroying the garden, technology is a requirement because it reduces the footprint so we can live here without devastating the environment around us, okay? So that technology is a built-in drive. Is the behavior that we're expressing during this part of that? No, the behavior is programmed. What you're talking about is the manifestation of Darwinian theory as a scientific fact, which it isn't, but, it, but what's the basis of theory? It says life is a struggle for survival with a competition for fitness. And what does it mean? It's that every day you go out there and struggle to beat the other guy. Why? Because the, the theory says if you don't struggle with the other guy, they'll beat you, so you have to beat them first. And that's, we've been playing that game for, since Darwin. Right, and that's the competition game. That's the competition game in the garden was if you think about it, a garden doesn't survive by competition, a garden uh, survives by cooperation. As a matter of fact, that's what the evolution's all about, it's co- cooperation in the biosphere, and we're the most uncooperative life form in the garden. Isn't the argument to that that the competition is what breeds the innovation? Um, well, that's why, you know, I, I, I said that... You know, I don't the, agree with it necessarily. I, I, but I don't know, I, and I don't want to say yes or no, but I will right. say this. That there was a good reason for living this way to a certain point because it got us to a certain point. Right. 
but continuing that process is where the problem comes from. And you see that that is the, the recognition of that is why the whole human race seems to be like putting the brakes right now on this conventional culture. Putting the brakes on this con decide society that we've accepted up to this point, it doesn't seem like people want to accept it anymore. It seems like people it's not are... not sustainable. Yeah, they're, they're seeing that it's ridiculous, and they're seeing that our leaders aren't really leading us, Absolutely. and they're seeing that everyone seems to be bought and paid off, and everyone's hitting the brakes. Everyone's going, stop, stop this thing. Exactly. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Yeah, because it's time to build something that, that takes into consideration not the, the few that possess the power. You see, you, you, look, we could talk about, uh, and I talk about the biology and the nature of the mind controlling the behavior and the biology of women lifting cars, drinking strychnine, the powerful nature you are. Do we know what, what actually physically does, I mean, is it adrenaline? What is, what is the actual physical thing that happens to their body that allows them to do amazing it's, things? It's exactly the same thing that uh, the strychnine drinker has. Absolute belief that there's no, uh, my child is under this car. There's not even a, a concept though. Can I lift the car? She never asked that in her head. It was, I'm lifting the car because my baby's under the car. Right. It's absolute belief. It's the same as walking across the hot coals, the drinking the strychnine, lifting the car. The things you have that absolute belief in, you, you can do powerful things beyond anything, except that's why I said, go back and look at our programming. Our programming is, we've been programmed to perceive ourselves as frail and vulnerable. In fact, we're farthest thing from that, except for this. And, and this is an interesting story about the upheaval. And that goes like this. You look at the world and you say, look, am I powerful? Maybe, okay, I'm not so powerful. Boy, there's some very powerful people over there. And then you might say, well, how did they get to be so powerful? This is the joke, and it's on us. They didn't get more powerful. They just took away the power from us. We've been programmed to be disempowered. And the fact is, that's what... You think this has been a conscious thing? It's been propagated. Look, but do you, I'll give you, a, here's a fact. Think about it this way. The Jesuits have boasted for 500 years. They said, give me a child until it's six or seven, and it will belong to the church for the rest of their lives. What did they know? They already knew that if I get the first six years of programming, I own your life. They knew that. They boasted about it. And why is that important? Well, it's... You think that's a minor thing that just would have slipped away in history, that you can control the population by programming the first six years of their lives? The thing is, are you kidding me? That's, that's fundamental to the leadership of, the, of whoever's in leadership capacity. Uh, and, and if you want to reference, think about this. There's a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And this is a book about power, empowerment and disempowerment. And what's the point? People from poor families will grow up and remain poor, and people from rich families will generally grow up and remain rich. Is it genetics? No. It's the programming that the rich give to their family, which is completely the opposite of the programming the poor give to their family. It's not the individual. It's not the person. It's the programming. And, and, and this is not new. This is 500 years of boasting that fact. Not much. I mean, they didn't keep it a secret. They actually said, this, you just give me the kid for six years. It belongs to the church for the rest of its life. They knew. It's kind of like this whole this whole theory. That hey, Brian, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. It's really fucking loud in that other room, man. It's picking up on this mic, and it's going to come I through I, the I, podcast. I have the master. That's, I mean, it sounds fine. But uh, you don't hear it? Isn't it distracting? No. Okay, it's distracting hear. to me. Uh, turn down your headphones. Your headphones are really loud. 
How do I do that? But the the whole th uh, follow the streak. The whole thing uh, with it kind of follows the uh, uh, fish in the fish tank, or like how big is the fish tank? And how how big the fish is going to grow? Almost, it's like kind of the same thing. You know, like well, like uh, in some ways, like it, the fish knows its environment, yeah. so it's going to grow. I mean, does it have anything to do with that at all? Well, uh, it's basically they know their world and they read their world, and we're having problems recognizing our own world. We, we've been programmed not to be sensitive to the experience. That's why indigenous people, mm -hmm. the Indians, uh, the Aborigines, all these people, man, they can tell you where the water is, even if you can't see it. It's under the ground. They, they can tell you what's going on in their world around them. We, we are so disconnected. We have no idea. And, but how did this happen? Do you think that this is a natural occurrence? Do you think that this, was, that this all happened because this is the way we would be so innovative? This is the way we would push forward, push forward regardless of the health and safety of each other and of the planet itself? Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation because you have to go back and say, when did, when did this group of individuals, which isn't a large group at that, decided at one point they were helping us as parents. I'm helping you guys. I, I know more than you, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you become better, okay? But then there's a point where maybe their knowledge is, not, is so limited that they, they're thinking inside the box when the knowledge is outside the box. So the question is, is it a conspiracy because they want to control us, or is it a conspiracy not as such, but like a, a parent saying, look, the people don't know what the hell they're doing. We've got to help them. We've got to guide them and all that. Ugh. It's a toss-up. Was this conspiracy or helping? I have no, you know, all I did is this. They're involved with either, either of those two reasons. They are the problem that we have right now because their thinking is not up to the current awareness of science. And you say, but why is that relevant? And the answer is simple. It's like the world we live in sees truth based on whether science says it's true or not. Is right. this true? Oh, science said so. Yeah, it must right. be true. Well, if the science is limited, then the Knowledge is power, lack of knowledge, lack of power. If the science is not fully knowledgeable and limits it to that little narrow knowledge, then we've limited our power. And the fact is, there's new science that undermines all the stuff that you learned in school, all the stuff I taught in, med in medical school. That science is, in the last 15 years, man, is, is a revolution. Uh, and the revolution is, is the rebels in the front. The, the, the old guard is still in the back with the old textbooks with outdated information. It's totally outdated. Does it become an ego issue at that point with people are teaching one thing for their whole life and then they don't want to change? I, I don't know if it's, it's a habit. It's a habit. This is the way I know it. It's the only way I know it. I mean, look, there was a time before quantum physics. The only physicists were the, the Newtonian physicists, the ones that only saw the mechanical material world as real and didn't consider the invisible realm as anything. Quantum physics comes in and says it's the invisible realm that is actually shaping the physical realm. Energy shapes matter. And it's like, well, if you're a Newtonian physicist up until, let's say, 1924, and 1925, the, the, the belief changes. 1924, you're teaching the world as a mechanical machine. You've done this for 30 years. And then all of a sudden, a few minutes later, you say, no, guess what? All that's wrong. It's all completely different. And it's like, you, you've spent your whole career doing this. So what, are you going to change tonight? It's not going to happen. So what do those guys do? They just put the they brakes to, and everything? They, 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 they squash it down. They keep it repressed. Uh, and it's interesting because... Um, That's uh, so disgusting. Uh, well, it's, it, 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 there's a statement that it says, Isn't it really? Yeah. No, but there's a statement that answers that. It says, progress in science is measured tombstone by tombstone. 
Wow. Meaning you have People to wait for to them die. to die before you can get the new thought. Isn't that into amazing? Them. And, and it's it, just the ego, right? Absolutely. And the money. No, the money. Money, too. The money sure. is big. The money is, sure. the money is big. The health care costs in the United States are sinking the, the entire country just on the bills of that alone. And that's totally inhumane. It's inhumane by, by definition, it is, and it's a business entity, and medicine is a business entity. It is not a healing entity. If you got healed, the whole business would collapse. So guess what? How come with all the money and all the technological advances, we're spending more money now than we've ever done, having more health care than we ever had, and we have the sickest population we ever had? Come this on. is the sickest population we've ever had? Yeah, really? yeah. The population, the, the is that a numbers is, issue? Just as too many of us? Is that what it is? No, it's just that we we have been we misunderstand how our lives work. We think we're we're like machines, and you go to the pharmacy guy, and he puts a medicine in there, and all of a sudden you got some new parts, and you it's like no, you, you there's there is a part like aspect of your body. Your body's like a vehicle for sure, but the mind is the driver. So. The driver's been left out of medicine. All they talk about is, oh, the vehicle's broken. Is you know, keep fixing the vehicle. It's like there's a driver in there. If the driver's got some shitty driver education, man, he's going to destroy the vehicle. And the answer, that's where the problem came from. So, is what we're experiencing really uh, a step in the evolution of what we're going to become? And so, this, all this, this, th these problems and all this, this rebellion against the the standard behavior that we've you know fed into for so long is all of this like a step in an Absolutely. evolution to something. One else? of the most important steps in the world for a simple reason: if the institutions that we are living by now have created the problem, then there's a simple understanding: you cannot build a sustainable future on those institutions. So you think this is a consciousness step? Is that what it Absolutely. is? Absolutely, it's the people waking up to who they are. As people stop being the, the blind sheep that are being led to the slaughter every day by those people who know who they are. The fact is, if I program you to be weak and ineffective, I program you. You know, here's the interesting fact: being black in this country is a totally negative aspect. They 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 took black students. And Unless you want to play basketball. Well, there's an issue about that too, but the, and and that's part of and that's part of the problem of uh, that's a trade-off uh, when when you grow up in a threatening environment, uh, the fetus will develop um, uh, bigger arms and legs and a much better hindbrain uh, because this is wow. what's necessary for defense. Wow! Uh, and if you grow up in a very loving environment, then the energy Brian, goes into the you foreground. Become a jelly man. What? No. I, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> They're always trying to reach for their dreams, you know, so they yeah. have longer arms. I like, I like it. I like it. Um, yeah. Michael Irvin actually told me this. I was on a plane with him once, and he was explaining to me, you know, he does uh, a lot of, you know, he's a famous football player. Yeah, he yeah. does a lot of work with uh, kids, you know, that, uh, you know, grow up and have, like, a lot of anger issues. And he sort of explained to me that when you're uh, a baby and you're growing up inside of, of a woman's body, you know, you're developing in a horrible environment where there's, you know, no father and there's violence and there's, you know, crime and all this. The, the fetus will, like, become, like, programmed to act quicker, to be more violent, to be, yeah, literally, yeah. That's a, exactly what the design nature like, is. Try to stick them in a fucking cubicle. Well, that, that's <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing, this whole thing, is so screwed that way because yeah. then we propagate that and we say, look, look, well, okay, look, blacks are great athletes. I say, yeah, look where they all come from. They all come from, you know, essentially a, an environment that is totally not supportive, which means biologically they have to acquire the ability to fight to survive. So their bodies are designed much healthier in that regard.
that's pretty crazy when you think about it. It's like the, the suppressing of the you know the, the black man has made the black man stronger than the suppressor. Well, in a, right? in a physiological, in a physiological, in a physiological sense? sense, yes. Wow. Yeah. Because you have to, they have to struggle to stay alive, so they're designed to be in struggle. Is it true that shit that Jimmy the Greek got fired for when he said that black people have been bred, you know, as slaves, the biggest ones they would breed with the other biggest ones? Is that why so many black people are big, or do you believe that it's a stress and environment stress issue? Stress and environment issue. Wow. Yeah, totally stress and environment. Uh, and and this is why we have to recognize biological organisms are designed to be a complement to their environment. So really, like boxing promoters, they should go to like horrible neighborhoods and scout talent. Yeah, well, that's where the toughest kids in the block are, aren't they? Right. Yeah, so that's where you're going to find them. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. That's a fascinating statement. It's fascinating to think that so much is controlled by environment and by thinking and by energy. But we all know that we gravitate towards those things naturally. You know, you gravitate towards good times. You gravitate towards people that make you feel good, you know. Your, your unconscious drive is to seek out harmony. Uh, uh, your vibration. So first of all, we see ourselves as physical reality, but uh, physical reality is an illusion. Atoms are vibrational units. There, there is no physicality to it. So you are vibration. And the significance is when you get other vibrations that are in harmony with you, that's called constructive interference. That means good vibes. When you find yourself with other people that have the same vibration as you, your energy gets enhanced. It's good vibes. If you find yourself in a threatening environment, the energy gets canceled, and that's why you feel all of a sudden drained, weak. You feel very vulnerable, and it's because you're in an environment where the energy of the environment is not in harmony with who you are. So organisms unconsciously will move to environments that strengthen their vibration. They'll seek it out. That's, so you're, that's why we're naturally designed to, to seek out harmony in the world. That's, that's our intention. If that's our intention, then why do we do so much destructive shit? Because the, there's conscious intention, conscious mind, and this is, this is the big issue that, we have to, that people have to understand. The mind has two parts. There's a conscious part and a subconscious part. The conscious part is you, your personal identity. It's creative. It has your wishes and desires. The subconscious part is like a record playback mechanism. It learns experiences, push the button, plays the experiences back. Okay, so now I say, well, okay, our personal drive is our conscious wish and desire. And then I'm going to tell you a fact, and this is a freaky fact. Science has shown that we only run our lives 5% of the time with our conscious mind, our creative mind, the mind with your wishes and what you want out of life. 95% of our life comes from the subconscious automated programs that play when we don't even pay attention. You, don't, you can drive the car without paying attention. It's an automatic program. You can do your job without paying attention. It's an automatic program. So why is it important? Only 5% of our life comes from what we want. 95% comes from the subconscious programs. And then here's the catch. As we mentioned earlier, the first six years, you are downloading behavior from your environment. And those become your fundamental programs. You watch your parents, your family, your community. And this is why I said the church saw that. And they said, give me the first six years. Whatever program I put in that six years will become the fundamental programs in the subconscious mind. The operating system that's almost. It, that's the basic operating system. And 95% of your life is going to play from that program. So who are we? Whatever we've been programmed to be. What do you want to be? Not necessarily the program, but when you're trying to exercise your conscious mind, like positive thinking, conscious mind, 
5% of the time. Because it's dealing with so much unconscious Because it's spreading around. It's, it's thinking about the future. It's thinking about the past. It's so what do you propose? Do you propose that maybe like a, a standard of thinking be established or a, a way of thinking where you teach kids in school how to overcome like these subconscious thoughts and how to overcome? You can I mean, reprogram It is possible. You oh, can. You can. Oh, absolutely. You most certainly can, You can right? reprogram these. If you couldn't, this would be a crappy world because I'd say, well, that, just like genes, oh, you're stuck with your programs your whole life. Sorry. No, right. no. You can change your programs and change your life virtually instantaneously. But you have to know what you're trying to do, and that's the whole idea. If nobody knows, A, that they're even behaving from their, their unconscious programs, they don't even believe that. They think, oh, oh, I'm running my life with my intentions and my wishes. It's like what they're thinking. And I say that's 5%. Uh, but I, in my lectures, I, I, give, I, I, I say to people, I say, look, I know sometime in your life you had a very close friend. You knew your friend's behavior, and you happen to know your friend's parent. And at some point, you may have seen that your friend had some of the same behavior. So you, you volunteer, you go, hey, you know, Bill, you're just like your dad. And the first guy you back away from is Bill. He's going to go ballistic and say, how can you compare me to my dad? And I tell people, that, that's so profound a story. For what reason? Here it is. Everyone else can see that Bill behaves like his dad. The only one who doesn't see it is Bill. And, and we're all Bill, <laughs> meaning we play behaviors that don't even uh, harmonize with our wishes and desires, but when we play them, we don't see them because they're automatic and unconscious. And then we wonder why our life isn't going where we want it to go, and we didn't realize, fundamentally, we were the ones that were shooting ourselves in the foot in the first place. And, and it's because we didn't understand that the control can be controlled by the conscious mind, but when the conscious mind's thinking about stuff, then the default is the subconscious, but the subconscious programmed by other people. Do you think that people are starting to realize this? Because, you know, if you think about it, like on Twitter, you'll see people, even like dumb people, will say something, you know, today just going to be all smiles and like hashtag positivity, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, it's like there's, you know, that wouldn't have happened in 1930. No guy would have left his house with, you know, one of those little fucking knit caps on and shit. And <laughs> made his way to listen. Positivity, you know, they didn't think <laughs> but, like that, but right? Franklin Roosevelt used to read the Sunday comics to the, to the, to the, on the radio to the country in the depression on, on Sunday he'd read them the comics like come on man it's time to take a break and laugh and stuff like that so uh, he, he was he was a guy that he had the answer way back then he said this was his motto or statement the only thing we have to fear is fear itself what did he know he knew that it was the fear that will immobilize you not the thing you even were thinking about just having the fear of something immobilizes you. If people have so much control, if thoughts and ideas and consciousness has so much control, what is the, what's the cause of things like the Great Depression? What's the cause of these giant hiccups in the historical process where something terrible happens, like the Holocaust or yeah. you know, something along those lines? Like, what is it? Is it just, is it like push and pull? I mean, is it, that, is it a natural process of, of evil and good constantly battling it out so that good does evolve uh, uh, so it forces uh, it, good to not sit on the couch i don't know if it's that, that that easy to say i have i can't say that for sure but i could tell you this every one of them by by definition is a learning experience for the organism called humanity it wasn't not for the individual man i mean it's like you in the holocaust you don't i, I don't want to participate in that play but <laughs> that but what did the holocaust teach civilization what what did these big upheavals and these things that are happening it's we're supposed to be learning 
That, I mean, that's what the whole concept of humans are. We learn. Well, the learning, if you see a pattern, you better start responding to this pattern. Well, we have learned a lot of lessons. I said, we've come to the end of the way of living that way. That's what we led to. We were through a simple point. You take Darwinian theory and you make politics out of Darwinian theory, that's Nazi Germany. That was, Nazi Germany was science right to the line. Just said, hey, there's a master race and all the other ones, the genes are no good, get rid of them. And they were cleaning out the population according to Darwinian theory. That was science politicized at that point. And, and, and now it's a, like, I hate to tell you, but I think the pharmaceutical company has still got its roots back in that time period. It's a manipulation of people. The drugs are toxic. I love to, I love, this is a fact that's just fun, a fun fact, fun fact. The third leading cause of death in the United States as recognized by the American Medical Association is medicine itself. Iatrogenic illness is what they give the Latin term to it. It is the third leading cause of death. According to the medical industry, they are the third leading cause of death. But it was based on conservative estimates because a, is a that, paper. When you say the medical industry, yeah. When you say the medical industry, are you talking about pharmaceuticals? Or pharmaceuticals primarily. Uh, uh, medicine does miracles. I'm not going to knock medicine down because medicine does miracles, man. Anything physical with the body, mechanical, mm -hmm. they are miracle makers. You want to transplant a heart, you want to cut pieces, fix them, go right. to them. Right. You want to deal with cancer, Alzheimer's, diabetes, obesity, depression? They have no idea what the hell they're talking about because they know the mechanical biology, which gives them the opportunity to work on the body as a vehicle, cut out parts, change parts. But how do the parts necessarily work? Ah, there's some missing information because there's the new science undermines the existing belief system. So that's why the failure of the system. Uh, and it turns out that when you do the statistics, medicine actually becomes the leading cause of death in the United States today. Uh, and the pharmaceutical company is, is one of the major elements behind that. That's amazing. That's a fact of science. So, you know, it's even more creepy as cigarettes. Cig the, 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 Here's the secret, Joe. Here's the what? secret. Instead of taking oil of a smoke cigarettes, just go to Toys R Us once a week and suck your thumb every night. You'll sleep well. I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. What was that? Is that a Brian train wreck? No, no. I mean, what like, I've said? always, you know, it's so interesting. This is so interesting to me because I've always thought that, you know, one of the secrets to life, uh, to, to, to feeling, looking young, being young, is to don't ever change what you, you're used to. So I, that's why I still I play with toys. That's why... Because you want to stay young? Well, no, no. You just like... I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a little kid still. I'm tricking my, my mind and my, my health and everything into feeling like I'm a little kid. I've always Dude, thought you that. You smoke like, a pack of cigarettes a day. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, but I go to Toys R Us once a week. So, it, <laughs> so you think that counteracts your cigarettes? Huh? Absolutely. It, it changes Are you everything. really talking about positive thinking to counteract your cigarettes? Of course. My body thinks I'm a kid. There's a lot of people you know, in denial babies, about those cigarettes. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? No, but the fact That's is, his strategy. His strategy is to remain a child. I don't want to knock his Children strategy. Children don't get lung cancer from cigarettes. Because that's the same strategy that says that uh, strychnine is not poisonous. Exactly. Right. Yeah. How yeah, many babies a lot of people get have fucking cancer that didn't think they were going to get cancer. Well, there's other you problems. Keep smoking cigarettes, stupid. <laughs> bad, man. I don't believe you believe in it enough. How about that? Oh, yeah? Have How you seen my that? apartment? <laughs> have you seen this office? Well, I don't even like know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You smoking cigarettes, stupid. Ridiculous. They're candy cigarettes, Joe. Oh, They're I didn't know that. Cigarettes. That's awesome. 
<laughs> Smoke is pixie dust, right? <laughs> it's amazing that it, is, it becomes such an issue. Look at him. He's lighting up. Stop talking about cigarettes. Almost. Dude, don't light oh up. Oh, my God. No, no light hey, up you're indoors. That's gross, right now, man. dude. <laughs> That's gross. Why are you lighting up indoors, man? Nasty motherfucker with your stinky oh, habit. God, we're gonna die. Isn't that amazing? It's, we're talking about positive thinking and beliefs and how you can structure the world and change it for the better. And this fuckhead lights up a cigarette. Just to prove a point, Brian. No, it's because he, that's who he is. That's who he is. He can't help it. I just like the smoke effect in the studio when it's recording. Yeah, that's what you like. Just like when you... You, you Joe, like cigarettes. Joe, you, you know when you used to say, go to comedy clubs like, like uh, Texas before they banned cigarettes, you used to always say that on stage, how cool it was to go into oh, a Oh, I room. do like that. And I, I think that's, that just adds to the whole like sitting around. Yeah, but like, not at a podcast when you're talking to a gentleman talking about positivity and you go and do the exact opposite of what he's selling, you fuck. You just became the problem, Brian. You are the problem. You're the fucking uh, whatever percent it is. You know, Seven. It can't go 99% percent, 1%. Yeah. I, I know they can do that financially, but when it comes to morons, <laughs> it's a much more complicated scale. <laughs> we can't just, it's not just two groups, man. And people are probably, they have feet in both groups. That's also an issue. How do we fix this? You're, you're a smart guy. You obviously, instead of knowing, just knowing these things, you must have some sort of an idea of how it can be. Absolutely. How, Absolutely. Do, we, how do we implement a positive move forward uh, the first thing that's happening right now that's really critical is occupy wall street it's just saying look we're finished with this stuff and it ends when enough people say it ends that's basically what how it's going to come down what do you see happening with this occupy wall street what do you you know it's it's obviously all over the world now it's amazing Absolutely. it's like you see one of those occupy maps and you see all, literally all over the world people are protesting but wh where does this end I think this ends when, when the institutions that exist start saying they're not able to handle this situation anymore, and then we start looking for a new way of handling life. I mean, it was interesting when a governor of one of the places said, I have really I have a lot of trouble with this Occupy Wall Street stuff because I can't find anybody to talk to that's in charge. And I, it was sort of like, yeah, because, man, this is, this is a new way of life. You're not going to have that, old, that yeah. old game anymore. Yeah. So all of a sudden, the old guard will not be able to communicate with a new way of life. And, right. and, and Well, it's like the Internet. No one runs the internet there's not one person that runs the internet you know yeah you, you could have one person that has a, a show on NBC or a show on uh, ABC you know you can have you can have someone who controls a network but once you're on the internet it, it's just one thing just Absolutely. like what Occupy Wall Street is there's not one leader it's yeah. one giant cohesive thing all working together that's, that's very fascinating that's why I said the, this the technology of the internet was the final evolutionary stage required for civilization because it's the nervous system of a global civilization. And once that was put into place and the cells started communicating with each other, and once they started to do that, then look what's unfolding in the world around us today. Once they, the groups of cells from every part of the world started looking at the same dialogue and the same language, and for me it's exciting. I travel all over the place. I give lectures. I, uh, what, what hit me was a few years back, I was sitting in my living room in Santa Cruz, and... Uh, uh, a video crew from Russia was there and they were setting up for the video and I was just sitting there looking at him and I thought if you didn't hear them speaking if you just had a video without the sound you wouldn't know where the, if they came from LA or where the hell they came from they all of a sudden you start to realize all around the world people are beginning to to you know start to, to act as one community of people 
And it's real exciting because that is what the evolution is all about. You can't have separate countries that say, well, look, I'm, well, let, let's burn all this crap and put it in the air because it's going to blow over there and we don't care about it. That, that, those days are over. Every nation represents cells of people coming together. It's like every country is like an organ in the body. You need all the organs to work together to create the wholeness of it. And that's what we're beginning to recognize. No organ is separate from any other organ. We're all part of the same body. So your lungs are fucking up your whole life, son. That's what he's trying to say. Boy, he bites onto that one, doesn't let go, man, Brian. That's what he's trying to say, Brian. He's trying to say your lungs are fucking up everything, Stop dude. smoking marijuana, and you're doing it, too. No, marijuana doesn't do the same thing yes, to your lungs, does. silly. Any smoke in your lungs does it. No, it doesn't. You're wrong. What, are you a doctor, you fuckhead? Yes, it you're, has you're to. You're just talking out of your ass. You never read a single has, thing about it weed. It has to. You've never read a single thing about... If you think of what a lung is, it has to well, affect I don't it the same way. It's not like it's opposite smoke. First of all, I don't think you're inhaling nearly as much smoke when you smoke marijuana because you're only doing it like maybe once or twice in a day. You're sucking on those stupid things all fucking day long. And on top of that, those things have 590 You take one bong hit, that's like a pack of cigarettes. The fuck it is. It's going through water. <laughs> that's not a water pipe, stupid. That's a cigarette. All right, and, and, and cigarettes are going joint. through filters. Oh, my God. Brian, cigarettes are filled with chemicals that kill you. No one's ever died from pot ever in the history of the world. Do you, do you not get that? that? There's a direct connection there? I'm no sure. That, I'm sure it, there's people that have died from marijuana. No, you uh, might have done with something stupid when you were high. You might have done something <laughs> stupid when you were high, but that's on you. That's not on the pot's plant. That's like, you know, that's like blaming a Corvette because you crash into a tree. It's not the car's fault. If you knew how to drive, you'd, yeah, you'd but have you done well with wouldn't it. You, wouldn't you say like there's definitely been lung cancer uh, cases that are probably no. attributed to no. marijuana? No, there's none. Zero. No, no, well, I none. mean, no, that, that they don't say it's marijuana. There's no one like, that's hey, ever just cancer, smoked pot and gotten lung cancer. Yeah. It would it would be there would be cases of it. They would talk about it. Look, there, there's freak instances in, in medicine. There's freak instances where people's reactions to certain things and people get cancer from fucking all kinds of weird shit that doesn't bother you or me, but. You look at the history of human use. Where's the fucking bodies, dude? You can't say that pot smoke kills people. You can't because there's no evidence. There's no evidence that anybody's dying from it. There's a lot of evidence that people are dying from cigarettes. But, but, but you're so very you, strong you're, on that side of the case. If I no like <laughs> you. I don't want you to die. Can't. No, 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 no. I'm I saying, met a guy. No, who I'm saying you're very. You're, even though there's no evidence, you seem like you're, you've picked a side. But don't you? You're, you're just ruling out that, that that there's no one that has got lung cancer from marijuana smoke. Well, if that guy died, he's a pussy. <laughs> If one guy died from weed, he's a pussy. That's what I said. Jesus Christ. If weed kills you, what, it's because weed got there first. You could have died sniffing glue, you stupid fuck. <laughs> I just like you, dude. I don't want you to get cancer. And I know you're stuck in this stupid thing, and it's so ridiculous because you quit for a while, and you talk about how, oh, smoke makes me sick now, and then your cat stubs its toe, and you fucking light right up again. You know, And you're eventually you're playing a game that's going to catch up with you. And I think this, this message is to anybody who's out there smoking cigarettes. It's the most ridiculous fucking thing you can do. They taste like shit. They're terrible for you. This whole reward mechanism is just because you're addicted to their chemicals. And when you get that chemical, you get this reward. It's not even just tobacco. And I will say, if you give a, get a law that says ban cigarettes from the United States, that 90% of the smokers will sign it. That's see that right there. That's incredible. That's it's incredible. incredible. Yeah, you, I mean, you don't know, understand what it's like to be addicted to cigarettes. Oh, I imagine. I can only imagine. So you're, you're, I you're preaching to the choir when you talk about it to I, any any smoker. I I just you're preaching to the choir. I want you to be strong, son. I want you. To be I get strong. it. Well, well tell it. tell government to stop smoking. Or, well, or Bruce Lipton just told me that you are creating your own life, dude. You're creating all your own problems. See, he just explained yeah, to, you to me what's happening to you on a quantum <laughs> level. 
I know, but cigarettes to me are making me happy. You are so, the perfect and, and foil. Happy will make You're you the perfect foil for this intelligent debate we're having where Bruce is expe- <laughs> explaining the nature of the fucking universe. And you're like, no, cigarettes are awesome. I'm not saying they're you awesome. I just said, them, please dude. ban them. Please ban them because they're awesome. I can't stop. I'm going to smoke in front of people. I don't care if it, I don't care if it stinks. It's like you, you just like, it's like if someone who really likes to fart, you don't care. You just fart all over everybody. I That's love farting all over people. Just lighting cigarettes all over people. They Time for an intervention. The stupidity <laughs> in the air. It's just, and if you like cigarettes, man, that's all cool and everything. That's all cool in the gang. I'm just telling my friend here, don't be stupid. <laughs> right? It's ridiculous. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? If we're supposed to re-engineer the world, aren't you supposed to call stupid shit out when you see it? It's, it's going to be great. Uh, Are you going to be the king? Who's going to be the king? No, I don't want to see. I, I, I want to go back to the mountains. If you want to be Santa president? Cruz. No, I just want to be, you know, back in the woods. You want to go hide in the woods? Oh, I love that. Yeah. I like that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I are on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you animals. No, it's <laughs> fucking in the woods. You don't, if you're a sensitive person, if you're thinking all the time and you're sensitive to other people around you, and I always believe that people around you affect you. Their energy affects Absolutely you. Absolutely do. You don't realize well, how relaxing it is when there's no one around. When there's literally no one around, like you, you sit on your porch, you hear chirp, 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 chirp. You see a chipmunk walk by, and you see birds flying overhead. And you see the wind slowly moving the trees. Fuck, that feels awesome. That's that's, that's so the released, garden. yeah, garden experience, yeah. Yeah, you're released from the hive yeah. briefly. That's why I don't understand New York City. Like you're just trusting all these people's vibes around you. You know, like you're just gonna you're gonna live in some giant fucking cement box with a bunch of weirdos. And they all think weird shit, and who knows whose toaster doesn't work right and lights the whole fucking place on fire. You're going to trust these assholes, and you're just going to be around them every day, stuck uh, in traffic and just breathing their energy, uh, right? Yeah, uh, I, 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 w- I was one of the lucky guys in the world. I ended up uh, teaching in the Caribbean islands. Whoa. You know, I taught there wow. for about three years, and, and uh, I want to talk Are about the Garden of Eden. Not back then, no. Oh, yeah. Tell oh, yeah. me more. Well, you want to talk about a line. I, I offered this line, and ne- it never really worked. It was like, uh, it's like, hey, you want to? You, uh, you got nothing to do? I got a villa down in the Caribbean. You want to come down? I, I had that great line, but I, wow. I, I, I really never found anybody to know that was like, God, what a great line, and that I'm wasting pretty, it. That's a pretty baller yeah. line. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you want to come to my place down the Caribbean? I go there sometimes. Yeah. I fuck around with the Caribbean. Yeah. And you know, the I, fuck with, and I fuck with that sometimes. I got a villa, whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's yeah. one of those things. Yeah. You know, it's one yeah. of those things. You really should have used it. You should have forced yourself into some sort of a bar situation. You know, <laughs> you just yeah. It's one of those things. If you you would think that if you didn't have it, if you didn't have it, you'd say, man, if I had that, boy, would I fucking use it? But then if you did have it, you probably wouldn't use it, right? Oh, it, was, it seems it, so cheesy. <laughs> the rejection could be so horrifying. It, it was you know? actually one, a couple of times. That? Oh yeah. Oh, you did like, try oh, it. So God. you did try it. Oh, yeah. And they, they rejected they it. They rejected it. And it's just like, wow, that didn't work. I'm really bad, am I? <laughs> well, when you say something really cheesy like that, you take a chance that a girl's, you know, the girl's basically a materialistic slut. You know? <laughs> didn't find a lot that of chicks one. don't like that. Yeah, that's really, you're taking a big, bold chance. It's like when Bill Clinton used to just pull his dick out in front of girls. You know, like, man, I guess that works sometimes. Uh, he was but holy shit, what a gamble. You know? he, he, re- he represented the testosterone of the country, so he, he was, you know, that's what he was. It must have worked so many times. There's no way it didn't work because all these, like, the state trooper woman, that Jennifer Flowers woman, these women that would claim would just whip his dick out, it was not just one, you know. It was like, it, it obviously was his go-to move. It was an unconscious behavior. Yeah. He didn't see himself doing it. 
But I mean, <laughs> I can't believe he did it with like women in like professional environments and stuff. I mean, he wasn't like alone at his house. They're having a couple of drinks, and he just whips it out. No, he would whip it out when the first person left the room. You know, there'd be like three people in the room. I'll be right back. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And then one person would go to the bathroom. He whip his dick out. I mean, he was fucking crazy. He was king. He was king. Yeah. But is it natural to have that kind of behavior? Like, is that, isn't that what drives a lot of those guys to get to that position in well, the first place? Absolutely, because you're in that competition out there in the field. And how do you know how you succeed in the competition? Well, how many toys do you own and what's your position in the hierarchy? And so w when you've driven yourself to that level, there, there was a reason why you wanted to be up there, not just because it was something to do for the week or something like that. There was a mission statement. So they, that was playing the game full out, going for that. This is why a lot of people uh, really identify with Ron Paul. And one of the reasons why they identify with Ron Paul is they know he doesn't want to fuck anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's like an old dude. It's not like he's not like on some crazy pussy prowl. And, you know, once he gets in office, he'll be playing golf every day. You know, no, he's done with everything. Any, yeah. any thought of anything masculine or dominating and, you know. He's done with all that. Uh, absolutely, and, and it would be great. To, I, could, I could just see it happening uh, because of the Internet community. A third party could arise within just several weeks. Do you and, think and voting is real? Voting? Yeah. No. Do you think it's not rigged? I think, I think it's set up. Of it's course. rigged. Yeah, especially with computer voting machines. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch that documentary, Hacking Democracy? Yeah, and I, I've seen that, and I know it's some amazing. of the people in the industry, and it's sort of like, yeah, that's, that's just a given. But what's, a wow. what's insane is that that wasn't followed up on and chased down and beaten down in front of the press hey. like, like that girl who killed her baby. What the fuck's her name? Casey Anthony, oh, like yeah. that, that, that got beaten down. You know, that got beaten down in the press. Why wasn't this? But, uh, because obviously, anything that was important doesn't play in the press. The press is owned by the people that own the, the, the opinion. Uh, they'll play what they want. I mean, when, when, when haven't they done that? So disgusting. No. Ew. That's it why. Is. That's why the internet is so. That's yeah. why they lost control. All of a sudden, what a fuck up the internet is, huh? Isn't Can it you great? Imagine yeah. it's pirate radio for the whole world. Exactly. Yeah, you know, what a disaster! You yeah. let the people think for themselves. You know, you know and, and the fun stuff is like that. So the, that Rodney King, people don't remember, but Rodney King was the beginning of uh, everybody getting caught on camera. You know, I love oh, it. Like, yeah, you're right. You know, I never and, thought and of it. Once that, that way. opened up, once yeah. that opened up, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you mean you could expose the secrets? And everybody had cameras, like the yeah. UC Davis uh, thing. Yes, uh, the pepper I, I spray guy. That was a great. That's that horrific. was a great demonstration how they yeah. they peaceably just pushed the guys right out of the thing. But what was neat is like fifty percent of the audience had their hands up with cameras and everybody was shooting this whole yeah. thing. It was sort of like in this world. I don't think that guy thought that that was going to happen. No. I don't think he was going to get. I think he never thought he would get contacted about it. All thought police. All thought. Yeah. Not, that was amazing to me that someone could think that it would be the right thing to do to take some fucking kid who is a college student, okay, and all they're doing is sitting there protesting, and you're going to spray some, fifth, whatever they are, 19, 20 year old kid in the face with pepper spray, and you're a cop? What yeah. a piece of shit. Uh, and uh, that, that reaction is completely natural and important, right? Because that is verification that there's a new process in place. Absolutely. And that's what I was so proud about those people because they got into a situation where it could have gotten into violence. And what they did is they, they just held the violence back and just, you know, they just shame on you. And they shamed them, like pushed them back, back until they were off the campus. And they got off and it was like, oh, wow, nonviolence. Because... What people have to understand is that it's the violence that's being planted, I think most of it, I would say, uh, is planted is to throw people against this Occupy Wall Street movement 
when, and, and when they did it peaceably, it's like, wow, what are you gonna, how are you going to complain about that? You know, it's like that was a great demonstration of, uh, of how to handle the situation because the moment violence comes in, the, then the, those, those, they're almost like Nazi stormtroopers out there, uh, and especially with all that uh, homeland security, you know, all that, that crap, all their new guns and all that, that technology for crowd control. They're freaky people out there. And it's like, uh, and they love the job. They love to, to go out there and, and pound on those kids. That's what they, they train for. So ridiculous. <laughs> So ridiculous. It's uh, it's very fascinating though. It's very fascinating the the tone that the movement has taken. The fact that it's really been amazingly nonviolent, yes. considering the amount of resistance. I mean, that, that's uh, what it needs. Really, yeah. Because uh, otherwise, if it's if you're going to play the game of force, you're already at, you're not going to win the game. What do you think is going to happen? Or do you do you sit down and prognosticate? Do you see a direction that this is going to go to? Yeah. It, 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 there, there's uh, two choices here, and the choices are we're going to survive this evolutionary thing, or we're not going to survive it. So uh, we continue doing what we're doing. We already know, science already said, it's, it's already on a calendar, man. You're, you're, you're going out. And, and the question is, can we mobilize and, and make the change? And uh, I really think we can, because it's um, especially the younger generation and the older, older generation, the ones in the middle I'm <laughs> a little concerned about, but there are a lot of old hippies out there that, that uh, really are in total alignment w w with the Occupy Wall Street movement. That's who they are. They were there back then when it all happened. And so uh, uh, I, I think there's this great opportunity for this evolution. It's going to be fabulous. Uh, uh, but you have to recognize, like anything, when a child's born, there's, there's blood. There's, there's, there's a pain and blood when it happens. And birthing this new civilization, we're going to go through this little bit of this chaos here, which is going to be painful for a lot of people. But it's like we got to see past where we are and look to where we're going to go. Isn't it amazing that no one would have ever guessed 20 years ago that we'd be talking about this? That we'd be talking about society eroding to the point where it really becomes irrelevant, or not irrelevant, but just it doesn't doesn't it's not respected. No, you know, it's it's you know the, the the setup is we've accepted it because it just is what it is. No one is happy with it. Everybody recognizes it's full of flaws, but it's almost like there's this attitude that like this is as good as we can do as humans. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean today this complicated society with the stock market and the exchange rates and you know Saudi Arabian oil. This is as good as we can get. But it's not, obviously. Absolutely it's not. Because not, it's not perfect. No, it's, it's not a status evolving. quo to keep those people that have the right. haves to keep what they have. Yes. Uh, and to keep all the other people in, uh, in that place. But Instead it's of evolving, it's in fact devolving. Absolutely. Like but that's what's going to cause it come to a head, come to a, a crisis point where something's going to have to happen right Well, people here. have to realize that the people that are in power are not looking out for their interests oh, in absolutely. any way whatsoever. Isn't it obvious? Uh, it's obvious. This new, this new thing that was passed in the Senate about uh, the, the United States being a battlefield. Oh man! Did you you see this? Yeah. That they're allowed to mobilize troops now on American soil. We, apparently, yeah. Obama said he's going to veto it. But what the fuck ever, man! The fact that he got that far in the first place—that's horrific. Uh, it's just this manipulation by a very small number of people. Like you know, uh, listen, we're going to extend unemployment, but you have to sign for the pipeline. At what point like, in time does that become criminal for like the Senate? At what point in time do we not say, "Hey, you fucking crooks, get out of here"? Well, I'm like, waiting. I'm totally waiting for this, and and it's really upsetting, and that's why I actually started looking I, I even look for a place in New Zealand now it's gonna be so <laughs> hard to, to get rid of lobbyists 
It's going to be so hard. That kind of shit, it's yep. going to be so hard to get all that stuff out. But look, the internet, as I said, could uh, overnight change the entire political mm -hmm. spectrum overnight. They never counted on that. And if you do something if viral. voting is real. If voting is real, but then the idea is you really start to swamp the market. It's very hard to say that, uh, you know, that's what these right. other countries know. It's like, well, obviously this didn't conform to the people who Isn't voted. it funny that we are becoming a fucking banana dictatorship? We, are, we have become everything we fought for for other countries and and freed other countries we've imposed with a patriot act uh we have taken away personal liberty uh, and this whole country is uh, to my opinion with that person with that patriot act in operation is as bankrupt as any of the countries like chile was uh under under uh, their leadership and their dictators where whatever the government says they can create whatever the hell they want take you yeah. joe off the street and not tell anybody for 90 days that you're even gone they Isn't that incredible? Like, in America? That's incredible. Like, whoever signed that, you are traitors. Absolutely. You guys are traitors. Just straight traitors. They should be fucking ashamed of themselves. To call yourself a representative of the people and to pass something like that? What do, what do, what do you think? What if, what if everything at the top is completely fucked up and the right thing to do is to march in the street and to block traffic and to stop this fucking tyrannical situation? If That's that necessary. is the case, That's if that is the case... Then we're there. We're then going. anybody who opposes that is treasonous. Yeah, look, they you, they already have the internment camps to hold uh, several million people, uh, and there because this was not a new thing. As a matter of fact, there was a guy at Stanford University at this think tank called the Hoover Think Tank. Uh, in 1980, the government asked him to write uh, a report on a scenario if there's a big financial collapse. In 1980, they asked him to write this. He said, well, you know, the the these were game players. How would you play this thing out? And the thing was, it was real interesting, he said, uh, in this process of what they were talking about in the future, uh, the guy who wrote it up said one of the things that was interesting, he said, people in this future period are going to become more conscious, uh, and, and this is going to change the relationship of what, what's going on. But he also came to the conclusion, he said, inevitably, we're still going to come to a chaos period where there's going to have to be control maintained. And I remember he put in parentheses, and he said, and I hope not for long. But what he was saying is, if it comes to a crunch issue like this for the government to maintain control, they'll have to put a lot of people away in internment camps to Jesus keep the, to keep Christ. it from from burning up. And I mean, look, at, it's not very far now. I mean, the, the, the essentially stormtroopers in in Oakland and uh, and all these other cities uh, coming in there. With, I mean, it's like it's out of some other country's history book, and we're yeah. looking at it live. Yeah, it really is. It's yeah. it's, it's terrifying. It's weird how quickly it happened, too. You know, you remember uh, right after 9-11 when everybody was like, oh, rah, rah. I remember uh, it was just you know, a week or so after the, the tragedy. I was driving down the street, and every other car had an American flag. Yeah, on. yeah. You yeah. know, it's amazing. Everybody was all... We blew it. Yeah. We blew it because there was an evolutionary moment. It was right on the edge because all around the world, all the countries at once started to say, let's unite together and stamp out this stuff. And then it was, you know, uh, Cowboy George said, no, I'll do it myself, you know. and Sort of. I think Dick Cheney said, let's just go well, in there Dick and get Saint. some money, bitch. <laughs> Dick Cheney just went in oh, there and stole everything. Yeah, there's Darth Vader real life, man. So. Yeah, his fucking heart doesn't even have a pulse. No, you know that? No. Uh, he doesn't have a pulse. He's got some crazy pacemaker in him to keep uh, him alive. Like, what, what doctor thinks it's a good idea to keep that dude alive? You know? Oh, my God. Hollywood animatronics. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What, do you want him to be around to influence no. shit more and make, no. make more crazy decisions? Yeah. He's had a long time. He's, he's done good. The fact that he managed to get this far and still live, considering how many people he's probably responsible for their Absolutely. deaths. Absolutely. 
you know? The, that, that whole secret government stuff with Halliburton. God damn. Stuff, yeah. Remember when he was always in the bunker, too? He would always hide in the bunker. Yeah. That was like the craziest <laughs> shit ever. George Bush would be out yeah. playing golf. He's like Dick Dr. Cheney Strange would be a life. mile underground. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they, they didn't want Dick Cheney to die. No. You know, it was, it's amazing. Yeah, it was, uh, he's the guy pulling the marionette strings. But isn't that like the first time ever that we can recall that there was a real, like the vice president really was sort of in control of the whole thing? You know, I mean, I don't remember that happening during the Carter no, administration or no. Reagan administration. Or well, Reagan himself wasn't in charge of anything. He was. Right. A, he was. A, uh, he, people don't remember. He yeah. was. He was a, 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 an ad spokesman on television, early days of television for things like General Electric and big corporations. Yeah. He was that guy that uh, distinguished yeah. look, and they just bought him from the television set and put him in front of, yeah, in front of the world and and gave him the lines to read. He was an actor. He yeah. knew all the lines. It's amazing, though, how many people respected him. It's like people that argue that Hulk Hogan really did fight all those guys. Like, there's people, you know, have you ever seen those dudes on the internet? Like, there's one, there's a very famous clip of one guy, and he's in a, he's in a high school auditorium or something, he's talking to these wrestlers, and he's crying. And he's literally crying. He's like, I just want to thank y'all for what you do. Have you ever seen that clip, Brian? Uh, the, the coach talking to the players? No, it's real to me. It's real to me. No. no, he's a find that dude. He's a he's a pro wrestling fan. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. So what what should I search for? It's real to me. It's still real to me. Butthole. You gotta see this guy. Yeah. This 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 guy, man, you can learn a lot. But it really is along the same lines. You know, people that just they don't want to hear it. But that's most of the population, as far as I can tell. They, they can see it in front of their faces and don't, don't even say anything. That's a lot a of people are too busy, too. That's another. It's very hard to even concentrate on anything other than watching TV and eating after you work all day. It's fucking hard, man. And if you go to the gym, too, oh, Jesus, what do you have time for? You know, you take a spinning class or, you know, you do, you know, whatever. Do some, play some racquetball or something. Yeah. You know, after that's over, man, how much time do you have to fix the world? You got to go to bed and do it all over again, stupid. Put down your uh, sign, you know. Oh go get a job, hippie. It's over with. Everybody's gonna fall asleep. All right. Did you find him? There he is, Brian. That was it. Okay. Play this. Hold on one sec. Just isn't that isn't that a problem yeah. that people are working all the time and they're tired? It's very difficult to get a fucking movement going with a bunch of people who are tired from work. All right, here we go. Yeah, but then guess guy. how many people are not working anymore? So check out this poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to thank each and every one of y'all. For all you've done to your bodies. <laughs> it's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> I'll be. Thank Take you. Take it easy, man. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Funk, for saying what needed to be said. I don't want to see another one of these. Well, <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Oh. That's how far the mind can wander. <laughs> How do we bring that guy back? How do we get turn that guy into the coolest guy in the world? Oh, uh, mushrooms. Uh, that Something. would help if you got to hold him down. Now I'm thinking. Got to hold him down. Yeah, force feed that fuck. That a funnel in yeah, his mouth. Yeah, though. you got to like a, like you're trying to make foie <laughs> Like those things they do with ducks, they yeah. force feed them to make their livers. Which, by the way, is delicious. You ever had that foie stuff? Oh no. It's gonna be illegal in Duck's California gross. at the end of this month. People have decided they're going to outlaw this foie We've got to, this is wrong what they're doing to these ducks that they're eventually going to fucking kill and eat anyway. But meanwhile, cigarettes are legal. <laughs> Look at this wacky fucking douchebag government we have. Joe, did you see the uh, architect that just released... Fuck a, a ducks, dude. For real. 
15 people, okay? Did you see that that architect that just released those the new building uh, drawings that they're going to oh, make yeah. a building that looks just like oh. 9/11? Oh, it's horrible. Uh, it, here's here's a picture of it on yeah. the, on the screen right have behind you, you have Joe. Have you seen this? Uh, uh, it, it's it's actually at first you look at it and you're like, "Oh, that's just creepy looking." But then the more you look into it, it's actually really cool. Like it looks oh, like dope. It, it well, it's like, kind of the clouds, really. Yeah, yeah. The idea is that it sticks above the clouds cuz it's so high. But yeah. It also looks like a fucking plane slamming into it. Yeah, it's the same thing. A lot like a fucking plane slamming into it. I mean, like, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. What kind of fucking cloud is like that? <laughs> like a pixelated cloud. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, though. It's probably a dope building. Let them build it. Who gives a shit? What, are they, you know, are we so sensitive to explosions and buildings? And, you know, is it like Muhammad now? You can't draw the 9-11 towers? <laughs> no. We'll go after you, you fuck. Oh. You know? Strange place. America? Yeah. The whole world, right? Yeah, but uh, we're, we're great leaders. Well, we're better than the Middle East, man. Check out what the fuck they're doing. Throwing oh, yeah. rocks at people yeah. when they're dancing and all that bullshit. Jeez. Well, we, we are less suppressive than them. Isn't that funny? But, that's like a badge of honor. You know, we fuck you less hard. <laughs> we're like gentle. We kiss you. We give you oh, a massage. We haven't gotten started yet. You know, because yeah. that, that's the one difference. All, all the other countries, they, they get in a revolution. They throw rocks and bottles at each other. We've got uh, AK-47s, automatic weapons. So uh, a, a revolution here is going to have a whole different impact. And we're not. We're, we're also not under a religious fundamentalist rule. It's not, 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 not the completely, same way. Not completely, not but in process. Way. In process. Process, you think you feel yes. like it's going in that direction? Oh, the Republicans—that's their—that's their whole motto. Well, that's just because that's the best way to rape in the retards or rope in the retards. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's a, a good pattern that they can adapt and, and think that way. But if you believe like Rick Perry is looking out for God's interests, <laughs> you know, God would want that fucking dope being the president. That guy—I mean, never have you seen a guy in a debate that forgot like a primary part of being a fucking politician. What do you what do you stand for, stupid? Do you have your shit measured? Memorized? You have it written down anywhere? He didn't even have notes in front of him. You know, when he was talking about the three branches of government that he was going to get rid of and he he blanked? It's amazing. And yet, the first move he did after that was to put out a thing about uh, being a Christian and uh, about the gays don't want you to celebrate Christmas. The the whole world's falling apart and and all this stuff, and and they want to bring out gays and stuff like like, that. You guys, there's big issues here. And they don't want. To, they don't deal with any big issues. Well, they're mining for low-hanging fruit, and that's yeah. the best way to mine. And that's for low-hanging an unfortunate fruit. situation. And I think I remember back at some advertisements like, "Oh, George Bush would be the kind of president you like to go have a beer with at the bar." And I'm thinking, not really. <laughs> you know, who's well, that? Well, I, 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 I would have a beer with him just yeah. to see how fucking guilty he feels. Oh. You know, just to see what it, what it's like. I would definitely have a beer with that guy. Yeah. I think he's a spokesperson, and the 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 thing that I always point to is the the time when that dude was throwing shoes at him. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? He, he ducked, ducked and he he's ducked like good. smiling. Yeah. He had this look on his face that to me was like, this is the first fun this fucking guy has had in years. <laughs> you know? In years. Finally, he's having a good time. Go throw your shoe, man. Hey, I, I just fucking work here. You know? Like, I, I am responsible for how much this Big Mac is. You know? It's basically like he was behind the counter at McDonald's and someone threw their yeah. shoes at him. He That's probably what hated that like day, though. He probably hated that day. He probably had the worst night. No, I don't think no, that at all. I think no. he's happy no? for a moment. It's yeah. like Secret Service are following him every day with bulletproof vests and fucking guns and tanks and cars you can't blow up. He's having a good time when that someone's was, throwing shoes like at him, man. A sports moment for him. Yeah. yeah, it was like something was actually happening <laughs> yeah. in his life that they didn't plan out in advance and pull off to a tee while the whole world <laughs> thought they were you know, battling good guys, starting fucking wars yeah. over weapons that don't even exist. And even though it's been proven those weapons don't exist, oh, we're just going to stay for another seven or eight years. Look, we got rid of a bad guy. 
guy. Yeah. You know, like, and th- this whole thing that's going on in Afghanistan. I mean, it's, it's amazing that people, anybody supports it. Who is? A lot of people, man. A lot of politicians support it, obviously. That's why we're well, there. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, a lot well, of that's the uh, best government money can buy. But it's, it's amazing that anybody could, I mean, if you needed the best example ever of, of how the government and the military are not looking out for your best interest, Afghanistan is it. To think that we didn't learn, not only do we not learn anything from Vietnam, we learned less. This is a dumber war. Mm. This is way dumber. Right? It's way dumber and it'll probably last longer. The money was good, though. You have to it's admit that. The money was great. It's an amazing way to make some yeah. money. It's an oh, amazing that, that way. That was the whole motivation. It's just push the money around for that. Yeah, I was looking at, they had something in the news the other day about the, the amount of uh, heroin that's been produced. It's something like 61% more in 2011 than in 2010. It's incredible. Yeah. And it's in response to the price increasing. So they're just making in, insane, someone is making insane amounts of money from that. Insane amounts of money. Yeah. CIA. Invest in heroin. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you, we're going to have that Michael Rupert guy on. Did you, did you get that message? No, the, what? The collapse yeah. guy. Oh, really? The guy who sits there and just says, we're fucked, we're fucked, we're fucked, we're fucked. Remember that guy in the documentary? Right. Yeah, he's yeah. going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're setting that up. Did you hear about the alarming toxins found in uh, baby food? Like, <sighs> they're, they're, they're finding... Fucking baby food, They're man? finding in Japan... What monsters do? No, in Japan, they're, they're finding from the, that whole shit, there's the, the Radioactive baby food. fallout? Yeah. It's there's in, stuff in the baby food. <laughs> of course it is. It's probably in everything. It's, it's probably everywhere. in the ground. I mean, yeah. that's why when Shane was here and he was telling us that Tokyo was two hours away, and I was like, I'm going to go two hours away from that? Yeah. Like, even going for a couple days. That's terrifying for me. Those poor people have to live there, and that, that stuff is going to get into their water, and that stuff's going to get in their food. And how many people are going to be irradiated before they actually do something about it, you D- know? Dana White's going to come back with a full head of hair. I don't think it works that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works that way, dude. I think it actually makes your hair fall out, silly. But, but these are it's the like lessons. Come back with no eyebrows. <laughs> these are the lessons, and, and whether we learn them or not, that's, this is the well, time period. There's, there's no way to fix that, right? They, they, that Fukushima, how do you say the name? Fukushima. Fukushima. Yeah. You yeah. can't fix that, right? I mean, that that, is, that's, that's gone. That's it's gone fucked. Now, yeah. And yeah. they can't even contain like the, 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 the core, right? Isn't like melted through no, the, the containment it walls? It'll be contained to planet Earth. It probably Ugh. won't go f- past planet Earth, but it'll stay on planet Earth. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Yeah. It's amazing that people still will say that we should have nuclear energy. It's like, what, what if one of these things goes wrong every 20 years? Do you understand yeah. that in the course of human history, the whole planet is fucked? We have, like, these th- it yeah. like, takes over 100,000 years for people to be able to go anywhere near that without dying, right? We have a short-term memory problem. But, I mean, that's a ridiculous calculation. Yeah, and yet the, the people, as long as it's in the front of the newspaper, then it's there, and the moment it's not in front of the newspaper, it's gone. People are like, you know what? The, the nuclear power has an amazing record. No, it doesn't. I can tell you three times that I know, and I'm not even barely paying attention. Three Mile Island, yep. right? Was that chemicals? No, no. Three Mile that Island. That was nuclear, nuclear as point. well? Yep. Three Mile Island. Chernobyl. Chernobyl. And, and Fuku- Fukushima. Fukushima. That's three. And, that's each three one got bigger, and each one got bigger than the last one. But that's ridiculous. If you yeah. know three fuck-ups, you know three fuck-ups yeah. in your life. That's amazing. Yeah, but we have uh, here in California our nuclear plants on the fault line as well. Oh, what the fuck is wrong with us? Are we crazy? Are we doing this on purpose? Um, Are we like playing chicken? Pretty down-dumb. Pretty, pretty, we we down-dumbed ourselves so that we're, we're more easily controlled. We didn't do it. It, it seems like we're playing chicken. We, we, it we, seems like we're a guy or your wife goes to the gym and you call a prostitute into your house. And, and, and it's like you're, it's a race against time. Shh, be yeah. here. Get the fuck out of here. It's like you're almost wanting to get caught. You're a crazy person. You know, when you're building a fucking power plant on a fault line, you know, if I was your psychologist, I'd be like, homie, what the fuck are you doing, man? Hey, man, the land was cheap. Yeah, you, could, you couldn't put that over here? You couldn't put that over here where it never moves? Yeah. That seems ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a good spot. It seems just as ridiculous that we all live here, though. <laughs> Fucking completely ridiculous. <laughs> That's why I moved to Colorado, man. It's that was the number one, my number one feelings. For like, why does everybody have to live in this one spot? This is uh, so stupid. And that's what I felt like when you live in a, a place that only has a few thousand people. And it's like, woo, you get to breathe. You can fucking relax. Yeah. Well. Why do we do this? Why do we group up like this? Because we get things done easier this way? No, it's just a nature of uh, cells started to do that before we did that. Cells lived in community. And then they so are we the unhealthy cells because we separate from the pack and want to hide in the woods? Well, Maybe uh, we're the, the whole problem. idea is that, yeah, <laughs> there, there, there's definitely some uh, bad growth in the, in the colony. <laughs> and and it's, it's got cancer itself. The system's got cancer itself. So when you look at the future and you yeah. see, with all the information that you have, which yeah. is far more than most, how do you see this ending? I think this has a, the, the, the greatest possible, most wonderful ending in the world. Uh, let, let me just give an example for some. So the people, we talked about the conscious mind and that we're being controlled by the subconscious mind and that the conscious mind is a creative mind with your wishes and desires. Well, here's an interesting fact. Go back to a time, sometime you, you fell head over heels in love with somebody. I call it the honeymoon period. And then I say, in that honeymoon period, were you healthy? And almost everybody, when I'm going to ask a big audience, almost everybody goes, exuberantly healthy when I was in that period. And I say, did you have energy? It's like, yeah, we had so much energy. We made love for days, didn't even stop for food, man. And I say, it was life so beautiful that you couldn't wait for the next day to have more of that. And everybody goes, yeah, yeah. And I go, uh, just think about it. Is that tantamount to having heaven on earth is, is that would, would that be something like that and everybody goes well yeah and then i go that was not an accident that was a personal creation and that the honeymoon was the one time in our lives and this is the interesting part because neuroscience says the one time where you operate strictly from the conscious mind and don't revert to that default program in the subconscious mind where you're operating from your wishes and desires is the time you're making love when you're making love, the conscious mind stays in the present moment. Well, why is that relevant? It's the conscious mind. It has all your wishes and desires. So if that mind stays in the front, guess what? Then you created a life that was heaven on earth. But the moment life starts to get too busy and your mind starts to wander and think, then you, start, you, go, you resort back to the unconscious programs. Well, you didn't see you did that, but your partner does. And your partner goes, what the hell kind of behavior is that? Where'd that come from? And that's when this whole honeymoon starts to come to an end because when you just said whatever you did from your subconscious program, which may have been your father or your mother, and you didn't hear yourself say it, your partner heard yourself say it, you didn't even hear yourself saying that. So that's where all of a sudden the honeymoon starts to start to collapse. It's like, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? I've always been this way or whatever you want to say. It's like you start losing the dialogue because you're now talking from your subconscious programs. And, but the whole point was what? When we did operate from the conscious moment, when we did stay in that period, we created heaven on earth, both health-wise and... Yeah, but then she got fat and she started bitching at me about shit. And dude, I'm tired of the fucking texting my friends. You know, <laughs> you got a problem with me? Talk to me. <laughs> Isn't that what happens? Yeah, that Don't people just get tired of their own bullshit? Conscious mind started traveling. people too. You started know? traveling. You, it's, it's a utopian concept because what you're talking about is this massive upbeat uprise of serotonin too right absolutely yeah. dopamine serotonin but that only happens when you first meet someone you want to fuck them because you're no, supposed to get no, because pregnant. but the question is the question is why did it disappear it disappeared because you when you met that person both of you were operating from your creative wishes and desires when did it fall apart is when the subconscious mind started to take over more of the operation because life started to occupy your conscious mind it's now traveling yeah that's when it ended. So you hit this perfect moment, and then life got in the way. Yeah. 
And guess what? But if you reprogram the subconscious mind to have the same beliefs and wishes and desires that your conscious mind has, so that both minds have the same vision and destiny, then there's a honeymoon the rest of your life. It doesn't end then, because you put in your wishes and desires. So even when you're not paying attention, that's when your subconscious playing is still going to play the same wishes and desires that you want in your life anyway. But right now, it plays the programs that you got from other people when you're not paying attention. That's why you lose control over your life. So, and I've always said that very few people have their own opinions, that they simply have a conglomeration of other people's opinions they sort of adopted as their own, but they, they really haven't like audited every single one of them. Downloaded like, a lot of them. Yeah, and try to figure out why is that in there. Yeah, and, and the problem, once it's downloaded, then you become a, a slave to the program, yeah. even if you have no desire to be in the program. It, it, it's not your choice now. It's unconscious. It'll take you there whether you're paying attention or not. And don't you think that same sort of thing has happened to pretty much everyone who's in a position of power? So they are, in a certain sense, a victim of the same system They've that been they're programmed. at the wheel of. They were programmed somewhere along the line to get to that power. So they were being driven by the program. It's amazing when you really think about it. That you know, what, One of the things that I think is really terrifying to people is that you're describing this, and people are realizing this, I'm sure, right now, but they're also realizing that this is not a conventional idea that's really sort of pushed in the media. This is not something the President of the United States addresses the nation about. No. This is not necessarily something that's... There's, that's no, money. That well There's no money for the corporations in this process. And when, when the information is expressed and, you know, and people know it to be true and sort of recognize it and, and think, oh, my God, does this mean that there was no one who has set this whole gigantic thing up? this human civilization, no one did it consciously. No one planned it out. They might have made the infrastructure and planned out where the water was going to go. It was going to go, go this way anyway. It was going to go this way. They planned out yeah. the electricity. We're, we're, we're playing a pattern. We're playing a pattern. And here's the pattern. Uh, civilization is a living organism, an animal. And by its definition, it's going to evolve in the same characteristic way that animals evolved. So there's a part we went from, let's say, uh, fish, amphibians, reptiles, birds, and mammals. The fish phase was when human civilization, earliest phase, mariculture. They lived at the sea. They, they had to live at the water. They, they couldn't live without water. They were stuck to wherever the water was. Agriculture was the amphibian phase. Why? They took the water with them on the land so they could go deep into the land, penetrate in the land, get the water, grow all the stuff, and live because you needed the water. Okay, the reptile stage, um, reptiles are the only animals that were first designed for land. They're almost like machines. They're, they're, they're almost mechanical. Like when you see a lizard, like it's almost digital, the way it moves. The reptiles were the equivalent of the industrial age. That's when we became reptilian. And it's interesting because we're still in that age. And guess what? We're fueling this civilization with, with what they call the, the blood of the dinosaur. We're fueling it with oil, which is the character of that, that reptilian phase. And, and so we're living a reptilian phase of civilization. The lizards were like mom and pop shops, but they grew into dinosaurs, which were corporations. And the corporations evolved. And then here comes the cool part. The bird phase of human civilization started in 1903 when Wilbur and Orville Wright started to fly. It changed the whole world because now you can fly around in a few hours. It changed. The world was so massive at one point, nobody could imagine it. Now we can fly around it and put a satellite around it. And I say, so the birds evolved from 1903, but guess what? They reached their fullest evolution in 1969. 1969, the birds landed on the moon, and they took a picture of the Earth. And those hippies back then 
saw this picture and created Earth Day within two, within a month or two of, of the picture coming back, number one. Number two, they said, oh man, look at that. We, we got to take care of that. That's all we have. Got to take care of the water, the air, take care of the kids and all that. Taking care is the character called nurturing. Nurturing is the character of mammals. So in 1969, the mammalian phase of human civilization was seeded with the hippies looking and saying, oh my God, take care of each other, take care of the planet, we generation. That's what it was all about. But then go back in history and recognize when the mammals first evolved, the dinosaurs were still here too. And the dinosaurs were, you know, the big, big killer things and the mammals were the little meek furry guys, right? And the fact is, they talk about the meek taking over the earth. Well, we're in that transition. The dinosaur is falling. The oil is running out. The, the, you know, the power that's been feeding this whole reptilian phase of corporate dinosaurs. That so the meek own. is actually the individuals all banded together against the, the, a united the, the, corporation or absolutely. many united corporations. It's the, the young people that are taking care of each other and recognizing. So that's why this whole non, this really this nonviolence movement is almost prophetic. Absolutely. The meek shall inherit the earth. That's what it's and all this about. This is the beginning of it. That's what it's all about. And it, and did someone back then when, who wrote the Bible or wrote any of the religious texts, did they, did they go through this already? No, I, I, I don't know. You know, there's, a, there's interesting things about that is I, I, I believe a lot of that, um, uh, we translate the Bible, whatever people think today. Mm-hmm. And the issue is, maybe they were writing about real shit back then. That really happened. Something happened here on this planet. So an upheaval occurred in that biblical time period globally. And things shifted on the planet. Do you think it's possible that this has happened before, that we just fuck the whole thing up and almost start from scratch again? Yes, yes. Wow. It seems like like it's possible. Lemuria, Atlantis, and... and, and Well, those are natural disasters, right? Well, that's what what we believe, but we don't know about the... The the Lemurian was more of the natural disaster. What about the Atlantis one? Still don't know what actually happened. I thought they thought it was a tsunami. They found it in Spain, remember? Well, they're finding pieces all over because they're finding now that that the water level is much higher than it used to be a long time ago and so and everything just like now we live on the edges so yeah. if the water level raises then anything on the edges doesn't exist anymore so we lost it all at some point but the, there's a time that this has happened before the the mayans know this the incas i mean they created buildings that were completely earthproof designed uh, earthquake proof uh, and they they are they already knew that this was this world was going to shake and do all this kind of stuff. Something was. How going did on. they make earthproof shit? Earthquake. Pr- earthquake if you look at these wall. giant giant blocks, I mean they're so big by human size. I mean they're massive stones. They're cut with very intricate angles. And the point about it is they're designed that if the wall shakes, the stones loosen up, but then they'll all settle back down into the original resting position. What? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so wow. they designed this knowing full well that these massive earthquakes were going to move these boulder-sized building blocks, uh, and yet they're designed so their, their angles are cut so that they loosen up in an earthquake and then fall back into, everything slides back into the, the, right, you know, the right structure it was before. That's amazing. It's, it's amazing, amazing that they somehow or another figured that out. It was interesting because they built a, when the Christians came and uh, the Spanish and they, they, they took over the Sun Temple, which is this big Peruvian temple uh, in Cusco. Uh, then the church did it and, and like dogs pee one on top of the other one. They built their church on top of the, the foundation, which was the Peruvian temple. They built a church on it. Wow. And it's interesting. Three earthquakes have demolished the church each time. And in the three earthquakes, 
Not one thing happened to to the foundational building, which was the Peruvian temple. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's totally. They knew all this stuff. There was great technology. There was a lot of stuff happening in those. There's something that there are civilizations that we don't talk about in history books. We, our history book talks about, oh, the Middle East, uh, Babylon, and all that kind of stuff. It's a source. And it's like there were civilizations that were here and died out that were much more advanced before that. You believe that? Those. Yeah. Oh, they got enough archaeology on just showing that now. Yeah, there's there's definitely some evidence that points to that. A new uh, everything is being revised. That's the greatest yeah. thing about that. Every part of our knowledge is being revised. Well, that's another thing that people are fighting against. Um, you know, when you were talking about people who are academics who've been teaching a certain thing most of their lives. You know, that happened with uh, a lot of this. Uh, the, the trying the people that are trying to predate the Sphinx. Are you aware yeah. of all that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a. Uh, to me, that's a perfect example because these people, these Egyptologists were like, you know, where's this evidence of this culture? And they're, you know, and like, man, how much evidence do you really think there would be? For, if you're really talking about 34,000 years ago yeah. or something like that, like how much evidence is there going to be? Is well, there really going to be anything other than blocks of stone? I mean, when we let go of a city, how long does it take before that thing's back into sand again? <laughs> it doesn't yeah. take long. No, not yeah. long at all. Yeah. I mean, how long would a car last if yeah. you left a car outside? Oh, I, I mean, it would last even a I'm old years. enough to have a few cars I've left in the woods that are probably not there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. You remember when kids used to do that? I, I remember when dudes used to have cars that would just sit on blocks yeah. and you'd see fucking trees growing in their car. We, we, had, like, a, we had a, a mountain near where we lived and we'd go by these junkers, uh, you know, cars that were burning oil and, uh, and people didn't want really pay 10 15 bucks drive them up to the top of this hill and then we we use them like a dirt track and just you know cut through the weeds and all kinds of stuff like that and just ran them into the ground until they finally so it was like 10 or 15 bucks for the investment uh, and then uh, spend a day or two playing you know uh, bumper cars and oh, stuff that's up awesome. <laughs> that's before we were aware that we could hurt ourselves <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you're young and silly yeah a friend of mine had a van and he parked it in his uh his like garage area he never fucking used it just it was all broken down and junky and one day we went into it and there was a plant growing out of his floor mat and i was like dude i, I was looking at this like dude nature's gonna eat this fucking thing nature's gonna slowly figure out a way to eat your truck it just we're seeing like d day 70 of something that's gonna take a million days but it'll eat this fucking thing it's gonna be, be nothing gone. left yeah. slowly and that's why but people say well there'd be leftover things it's like most of our stone. stuff will be gone in a short time. Yeah, just stone. Yeah. That's about it. Which is really terrifying to me because now we're moving into this digital era and everything is getting put down on ones and zeros Whoa. and data that you have to... And, and we're also going to hit an era of sunspot activity that's going to be outrageous, which means all that memory is going to go... Poof. Gone. Oh, that's so ridiculous. Could you imagine if that happened and there was just some super big gamma burst that fucking erased everyone's hard drive? Everyone all over the world. Not, not. Can you imagine? Uh, no one knows anything question, anymore. John. We go right back to fucking yeah. from Wikipedia. We have to go find some books and a library and shit. Wander the desert 40 years in darkness. That's it. God damn. If that happens, I don't know what I want to do. I really don't know. I don't know if I want to get swept up in the in the in the in the fucking hurricanes that kill people, yeah. or if I want to. I try just to hope my DVD player and my uh, and my television keep working because I'll I'll just watch movies as the sunset continues. Yeah. Really, <laughs> you just, just watch, watch movies. A, just hang out on my hilltop. And, do you think and, you'd be comfortable on your hilltop by yourself? How long if you knew that the rest of the world was dead? Were the rest if of the world dead? You were like dead? that dude. Remember Ernest Borgnine in oh, yeah. the Twilight Zone. 
Remember that he was so happy that the oh, world exploded because he was inside of a vault and he came out and he's like, oh, all these books, I can read these books. And then he yeah. dropped his glasses and broke them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a problem. Yeah. yeah. But he was so excited before that. He was yeah. so excited to be alone with books. Yeah. Do you think you could rock it like that? I could do it for a period of time. I did it in the Caribbean a lot. So that was... By yourself? Oh, yeah. That's Just what I kept. I, by my line never got fulfilled. I, and there I am by myself. So, so what would you do down there? Oh, man, well, there's... Uh, hey, First thing, I started living more outdoors than I ever did before because I was always a laboratory scientist. So it was like, but you were completely out. by yourself down there. You didn't have any inter- interaction with people. No, I taught a class with with students. Oh, see, that ain't the same, oh, yeah, dude. No, no, no. You, you got to. We're talking no. about like if you were the last dude on Earth, how long would you be able to deal with it? Jeez, I know you were teaching a class. Yeah. That's such a that's such a big difference. It, it'd be like a Tom <laughs> Hanks' Castaway thing. It, it, it yeah. probably wouldn't last very long in a good state. Yeah, you would no. commit suicide. No. You'd be fr- be friends with a ball. You'd be angry, yeah. You'd get angry after a while, right? Wilson! Don't you think you'd probably, yeah. I think the human animal, and that's a fascinating thing about people, is that we, we need each other so much that we get sad when there's no one else around. Actually, the, in biological understanding, there, it's inconceivable, it's just a quote, it's inconceivable to think of an organism ever living by itself. No organism ever lives Isn't by Isn't it amazing, itself. though? Because you definitely need some alone time. You know, why can't we balance that shit out? <laughs> Right, because you know I do like watching oh, TV yeah. by myself when everyone's asleep yeah. and I'm alone. I like it. Like if I'm staying in a hotel room, I'm like, ooh, I get to watch whatever the fuck I want to watch, and no one's going to talk to me right now. Like you like that. You like yeah. being alone. But if ultimately, if it stayed that way, you would be miserable. You no, be but that's what makes coming home even the, even the better. Yeah, it's yeah. a weird sort of a pulsating back and yeah. forth thing. Just like yeah. everything seems to be. Yeah. Mr. Lipton, why does it all go like that? There's a pull and a push. There's a there's a battle going on right now. Everything's vibration, Joe. How do we fix this fucking thing? Start thinking differently. Start thinking uh, in a way of let's start living in harmony with each other and let go of the system. That's easy for you to say, though. What about people with bills and people who live in shitty neighborhoods? They just pretty take soon steps uh, to all fix that it. stuff's going to fall apart. This is the, I, I really believe we are going to go into a, a state of chaos not that far into the future. So my fear factor money's fucked. It's no good. No, spend it now spend and it get now. all yeah. the things you want right Buy some now cool because hats. it won't be worth anything soon, right? No, the money is not going to be worth anything. When do you think money's going to not going to be worth anything? If because you have an that's how we've been manipulated. No, no, no but I'm saying like how much time do we have left to buy shit <laughs> seven months how much time do you think i have no idea but it's surprising me how fast some of the changes have occurred so since i, I because the book on evolution that i that i wrote uh was what uh, just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and, and stuff that i was talking about is now beginning to manifest already especially with like uh, occupy wall street meaning people are pulling out of the system and that's all it begins it's once they start pulling out critical level the system will stop yeah, but how are they pulling out of the system by just like because they're not partic- they're not even being able to participate. They can't even get a damn job. How are those people eating? How's that all working? Uh, people community. feeding them community. community. Yeah. People are feeding them. Yeah, and community is the is the necessary step of evolution, and that's what will keep people alive. If right. people learn to live in community, there'll always be a support system. But if they try to do it without community, it's not going to work. Well, that's well. what seems to be going on with this Occupy Wall Street thing. Is that there's this is the biggest number of people that are willing to hang out together outdoors that I've ever seen. Yeah, and they, it, it has become they they're united in this. Like, uh, our, you know Jamie Kilstein? You remember Jamie Kilstein from the podcast? My buddy, he's a, he's a, every fucking day I look at his Twitter, it's, you know, it's pound sign OWS. Like, everything is Occupy Wall Street. He even went to Australia. He was on vacation over there or working. I don't know what he was doing. But he went to Occupy Melbourne. I mean, like, dude, settle the fuck down. It's not even your country. <laughs> you know, you don't even know what their argument is. You know, maybe you'd be on the banker <laughs> side over here. You know, 
I don't know. I'm just talking shit. But, yeah. But um, it's it's amazing how much like it becomes a community. It really becomes you know all these people that are supporting Occupy Wall Street. They're united in this thing, yeah. and they feel like they are the only thing that is going to stop the tyranny. They're the only thing that's going to step forward and say enough is enough. And that's hopefully a, something comes out of it. The, but no the, one. The knows definition what. of humanity is community. It doesn't work if it's not community. So basically, that's the motivation. And look at the, look at, at the consequence of this, and the reason it is we have been systematically deprived of community over time. At first, you know, local neighborhoods, uh, and then even in a family home, when they put the tele when televisions in there, and all of a sudden, uh, the family's not even working as a community. It was the last piece of it, and now, um, and now all of a sudden there was no community anywhere, and that's why. So you think that television, families watching television, robs them of the community? Uh, at, some, a lot at, of at, some, at some point, it did because she's. Uh, Can you watch some of it? Can you watch like one show? Oh, I love. You know, <laughs> I, I, I watch. I watch the news. I watch John Stewart. That, yeah. That's my only television. Oh, that's well, a great Thirty show Rock. I need to laugh every now and then. So. Well, John Stewart's hilarious, and that that show is the perfect example to for me of what a comic can do with just the regular real news, the real reality of this yeah. world that we're living in, especially in, 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 in do it dressed like them, you know, wearing yeah. a suit, sitting in front of a desk like them. I just, just tell I just the telling the thing. truth has become humorous at some yeah. point, isn't it? Well, in, uh, the way Jon Stewart does it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so what do you suggest that people do? They have to change the way they think. They have to buy your book. No, 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 no. They have to buy anything. Just buy the fucking book, folks. Don't listen to <laughs> it. It's called The Biology of Belief by Bruce H. Lipton, Ph.D. And that's very important, that Ph.D. part. That there, means was, there was something there at one point. All right. It was more than you, stupid. <laughs> Where did you go to school? Uh, graduate school, University of Virginia. And was that in the during the the summer of love and all that? Crazy Absolutely, time? and 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 so it was so unfortunate because. What um, was it like to see that happen? Like, um, Hunter Thompson had that great line about you know seeing that uh, and then seeing the tide roll back. You know, and seeing seeing it the one time like being in during the '60s in San Francisco and the acid culture, yeah. and seeing what's possible, and then seeing it all pull back. Yeah, it, you know, it was. What is it like to you? It was the most exciting time I can experience, and that I have experienced on this planet. Because every day we get up, and we didn't know what was something was. We knew something was going to happen every day. Because uh, everybody's like, it was on the edge. It was like beginning to burn. So something was happening. What was day. it like to me? So a person who's, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not that familiar with uh, like what, what it felt like when you say like that something was going to happen. What was going on? This was the Vietnam War. This the Vietnam War was going. And there were protests against the war. The, uh, the, the first it was students uh, congregated together against parents and the community. Uh, and, uh, and so there was like Occupy Wall Street with a little bit more anger to it and, and a little bit more, you know, real heavy, heavy protests going on, much more. Uh, and it was because of Vietnam? The, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and at some point it's because people started to wake up and say, wait, what, this is, you know, what, what's this war all about? There was no reason for the war. Right. And, and then, what was the reason they, for the Vietnam War? What was the real oil. reason? Oil. Oil. Oil, yeah. And control of the drug trade which is a part of a CIA thing. And this was on television. In fact, this guy, Bill Moyers, one of the best news guys, because he was like a real honest guy, you know. He had a program on that was years ago. People don't remember, and it was like, it was called The Shadow Government. And you can see it on the web, and it's great, because it's play it right now. It's the exact same thing. And it turned out the CIA was a funded organization of the government. It was like on a budget, right? But then they found out that they could precipitate a war in a place and have all the local people buy all the guns from them. But then you say, well, yeah, but the local people in these places in the jungle, where the hell do they get all the money? And in fact, oh, they didn't have any money. Oh, what they had? Coke, morphine, 
marijuana. And, and so the exchange was not, and this was on, the, uh, on Bill Moyer's show. He had a CIA guy there say that they linked up with the mafia. And so this was, you know, this is on the show on PBS. Uh, and they linked up the mafia with what? The CIA would carry the guns to this country, make money, sell it to, to both sides, essentially. And then, because they didn't have money, they were getting paid in all, uh, all this, you know, like coke or whatever the hell it was. And then they'd fly that back in in CIA planes into the States, and then the mafia would take it from there and pay them back. So they, they got into a circle. But the point was this. They ended up making more money from the guns and drug trade than the budget. What was the point? They didn't need the budget anymore. They started operating independently. They, they were making, that's what Halliburton and all this stuff came from. They started operating independent of the government because they were making more money creating the wars and, and, and getting involved with the drug and the gun trade. And this was, uh, this was explained to people, and it's like today, the same issue with me is like, oh my God, uh, what are we gonna do about it? Nothing. It's just like, that's the way it is, and everybody walked away, it's like, it's just the same thing today with these things I hear. It's like, what are we going to do about it? Nothing. Well, Micah Rupert, the guy who we're talking about, who's uh, the guy who was the star of that movie Collapse, you know, you know what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. He was a cop, and he actually caught them selling drugs uh, in, in you know, bad neighborhoods and was told to drop the whole case and, yeah. and testified about it. That's why, that's why marijuana is illegal. There's more money for the industry if it's illegal. If it's legal, the whole damn thing collapses. So uh, it, it, there's so much money that's being paid at every level, of course, to the police and every other level. Yeah, uh, marijuana is one of my favorites. Yeah. The, fa the fact that that's illegal and cigarettes are legal. Is well, there you go. It's a, mind the logic falls out the window. Yeah, that's well the best evidence whatsoever that you're being fucked. You Absolutely. Know, that Absolutely. It's more money in making it illegal than legal. So is there a, a book you recommend? Is there a, a pattern of thinking that you recommend? I mean, how can people sort of wake themselves up out of the state they're in now and, and sort of evolve past the situation that we're at now together? No, knowledge, knowledge is power. We've got to start looking at the knowledge. We it's start knowledge, learning. but it's also like you have to have an ethic. You yeah, have to have yeah. a way of thinking. Yeah, and you have to look for the knowledge because it's not the knowledge you're going to get in conventional school in the conventional textbook that's selling a program. We've been playing that program for years. And that's why war after war, we all go, oh, another war, another war. It's like somebody's been playing us so beautifully and it's time to stop. It's not working anymore because they, 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 they tapped the system dry. Now we've got masses of people. With, there's no money for them. What are you going to do? That means that you're going to have a movement of people that is just like, the haves and the have-nots, and they're so imbalanced, 99-1, man. And so eventually, somehow or another, it's going to work itself out, probably when the old people die. And that's one of the best ways of, of making the change. Uh, and you notice, like, uh, just in the last, uh, I think it was eight years, six, eight years, uh, uh, the, the uh, um, survey of people uh, wanting legal marijuana went from 36% uh, about six or eight years ago. It's up to uh, 50, 51% right now. So it says, geez, in a few years, you know, we're the, that older group that's got their claws onto the system uh, are dying, you know, like, like, like Cheney kind of people and stuff right, like right, that. Right, 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 uh, right. Because it, that's the most e successful way to get rid of them. But, but the best thing that's going to happen is recognizing if you stop playing the economic game with them, get out of their game, they can't survive. Right. And so that's why a whole new economy and a whole new way of communicating and a whole new way of community is what is the evolutionary point. A disconnect from the structure and a rebuilding of something new and better. How long is this going to take? 
few years, not very many. I'd say within a decade. Wow. Yeah, it's going to happen. So within very a decade, quick. we're going to have a total new government. Something is going to be such an upheaval that something it will it will not be anywhere what it is right now within a decade. <sighs> well, listen, man. I know you have uh, a train that you have to catch. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna we'll we'll come back because I have to talk about some other stuff. But I want to thank you very much for coming yeah. on the podcast, and I want to tell people to buy your book. It's called The Biology of Belief. Bruce H. Lipton, Ph.D., and I'm sure you can get it on Amazon, right? Doug.com, D-U-G-G-E-D.com. And there's a great uh, website, uh, mindbook.ws. Mindbook.ws. And this is your social networking site? It's a social networking site. This Uh, is yours, right? No, 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 no. No. This is another community, and uh, 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 people uh, that are thinking outside the box and providing information from outside the box. Mindbook.ws. Yeah. And it's just a, a group of hippies, essentially. Yeah, yeah, young hippies, you the new age hippies. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming. I really I appreciate so it. I so appreciate right, folks, it, Joe. We're going to pause you. for a minute, and then we're going to be back in about 15 minutes after we say goodbye.